Welcome everybody. I am so fired up to be with you today. If you're believing that God is gonna do something special in your life today, then would you give God a shout of praise in the comment section right now? Come on, let's see your best emojis. Let's see some praise hands. Let's see some come on. I'm coming in grateful, expectant, and ready today. I believe that God has a word for you. I do not believe that you are here on accident. I wanna go on record to say how sincerely grateful I am that you would take a pause from watching Tiger King, come on, from scrolling endless memes on Instagram and Facebook, and from dancing on TikTok. It is a great honor to me that you would take a pause from those, those things to be with us today here at Pinewood. Now look, come on now, I already know how you're spending your quarantine time. And now if I'm being honest, I'll also go on record to say that I have done three of those three things that I just listed. So just to let you know, this is, this is no judgment here. And it's actually been quite fun. But I wanna to talk to you today about this idea of the other side. The title of the message is On the Other Side. And I really wanna help us unpack from scripture, what would it look like for us to have a story on the other side of what we're going through right now. Because there's going to be a story told on the other side. And I want us to think about what story are you going to tell? And we're gonna be looking at a story found in Mark chapter four, and we're gonna be looking at verses 35 through 41. A couple months ago, my wife and I took a trip to California with our family. And, you know, we went to the airport, we went through security. You know, four hours later, we made it onto the airplane. No, I'm just playing. We can get through security and we can do it pretty quick. But let's be honest, it's still kind of a little bit of a miracle. I have five kids. Uh, we get on the airplane and in Colorado, we can get these wicked bad wind storms. And we could just feel the wind hitting the plane as, as we're sitting there in the tarmac. And... After a while, the pilot comes on and he says, hey, there's some bad storms out. We're gonna wait this thing out for a while and see if it dies down. And I look at Jess and I think that's a pretty good idea. Let's wait this thing out. I've flown a lot over the course of my life and don't really have any fear for flying, but I could tell that the wind was pretty strong. After about 30, 40 minutes, the pilot came on and he said, it's time to take off and we're gonna go ahead and go. And we, I'm telling you, we got those wheels off the ground, and that plane started to do some very unnatural maneuvers. Now, I'm serious. I mean, that plane, it was not just turbulence. This thing started going sideways, up and down, somehow all at the same time. People were screaming all over the plane. It was chaos. And I thought that I was keeping my cool. It wasn't until later Jess told me I knew things were really bad when I looked at you and I saw that you were nervous. So I guess I really wasn't keeping my cool. In my mind, I was confessing sins. I was turning to God. I was saying, hey, if I'm going down, I'm going down in faith. There was even one moment where I starting to reach for my Bible and pull it out of my backpack and I said, hey, if this gets any worse, I'm about to stand up and go Billy Graham on this airplane and we're all about to say yes to Jesus. This, if this thing is going down, we're going down together in faith, if you know what I'm saying. 
Now, towards the end of just the chaos of the moment, if I'm being honest, I started to get a little frustrated with the pilot. And I started to think to myself, what, what was he thinking bringing us up here? This storm is terrible. We're so much better off on the ground. Like, does he not even care about me, about my kids, about my family? The text that we're going to look at today in Mark chapter 4, we see that the disciples had a very similar experience with Jesus. Let's read this together. Mark chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 35 through 41. If you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you to download the YouVersion app. It is free and you can follow, us along, follow along with us in this text. Mark 4 verses 35 through 41, it says this, On that day, when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and he took him along since he was in the boat. And another and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Crazy storm. Jesus is catching some Z's in the stern on a pillow. Just want to make sure you're following along here. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Maybe you're like me, or the disciples in this moment, and you're thinking, God, do you even care? Do you even see the situation that I'm in right now? Or maybe you're thinking, God, I, I thought you gave me a dream. I thought you gave me a vision for the future. God, don't you care? Well, as the case with me and, and even the disciples, you know, we, we, we turn to Jesus, we turn to God, but maybe you're watching this and you're thinking, I honestly don't know where I would turn. You know, maybe you're thinking, I don't have a personal relationship with God or Jesus. Why would I turn to Him? I'm, I'm honestly feeling very alone, looking for somewhere to turn. And if that's the case, I just want to say, my hope and my prayer for you is that by the end of this message, that you will fully understand how to have a personal relationship with God and that you'll have someone to turn to and you'll know that God is going to be with you. I want to share with you briefly just a little bit of context in this passage. You see, Jesus had finished teaching on the hillside and he gathered his disciples together and he said, we're going to go to the other side. And the other side of the sea, what you got to understand is they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee was 700 feet below sea level and it was surrounded by mountains. And so what you have here is you have this cold air coming off of these mountains with this warm, damp air coming up from the Sea of Galilee causing this violent storm. And it caused, that caused many violent storms on the Sea of Galilee. But luckily for the disciples, these were seasoned professional fishermen who were very well acquainted with sailing and being on the water and being on the water in a storm. But how many of you know, just because you're seasoned in something, 
It doesn't mean that you're always going to respond the best way in times of uncertainty. It doesn't mean that you're going to always make the best decision in times of crisis. It's like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until you what? Get punched in the face. Anybody feel that right now? Anybody feel like you're in the middle of a storm? I know I do. I mean, really, I like the world does. Like in some way, we are all affected by what's happening right now. And many of us don't, I mean, we just don't know how to respond. We've never experienced anything like this. And I believe that from the text, we can see some practical lessons of how we can respond in the middle of a storm so that we can have a better story on the other side. Come on, say it with me one more time. On the other, say it out loud, wherever you are. On the other side. Let's go, let's look at the first lesson that we can learn from this text is that the storm gives us a desperation for his presence. We see this in verse 38. It says, he was in the stern sleeping on the cushion and it says, so they woke him up. The disciples ran to Jesus in the middle of their storm. Storms have a tendency to give us a desperation for his presence. Oftentimes when things are going well and everyone's healthy and we have all the provision that we need and we're in a good rhythm, it can be easy in those moments to just live our life, to not feel this sense of desperation for his presence. But how many of you know in times of crisis, in times of uncertainty, it just, we have this, this pull, this, God, I need you right now. Or maybe it's a God help, or God heal my friend, or heal my, my body. Brian, um, whenever, this is about five years ago, whenever we were renovating our home, uh, we had made this fire pit in front of our house. And, uh, Every once in a while, we'd burn some, you know, some debris or some leftover brush, or if a tree fell, we'd burn it. And I was in the home, and I remember hearing Ryan screaming at the top of his lungs, Dad, get out here! And I, I, start, I, I started moving in that direction, and then I heard, Fire! And I was like, okay, this is serious. I ran out and frantically looked to see what was going on, and Ryan had accidentally knocked over a little piece of fire onto the ground. Now, normally, uh, that wouldn't be as big of a deal. He could normally stomp it out. But we had hay on the ground because we were seeding our grass. Not only that, we had put cedar siding on our home. Fresh cedar siding. So let me paint the picture for you. Fire fell onto hay, moving towards the cedar siding. This is not a good situation. I ran around frantically with a garden hose, with rakes, and stomping it out. And, and thankfully, we were able to get everything taken care of, and, and it was all okay. But then I began to think about Ryan's perspective in this situation. I mean, my goodness, he was scared out of his mind. And he told me later, Dad, I did everything that I could to stop it, but then I, I just couldn't anymore, and I needed you. You see, he felt a desperation for the presence of Dad. And then you can imagine the moment Dad stepped on the scene in Ryan's heart, I can imagine he felt to himself, Dad's here. Everything's going to be okay. 
And I feel like many of us are in the same situation. We just need to cry out to God. Can I give you some encouragement today? When we cry out to God in times of despair or times of uncertainty, can I tell you that he's right there? He's not like me. He's not running in frantically. He's not surprised by the situation. But he's fully aware of our sorrows, fully aware of what we're going through. And he's with us to comfort us, to walk with us, to give us peace, to give us provision, to provide for us. Isn't that encouraging for you today? How many of you need that word over your life today? That in this time of uncertainty, this storm that we're going to be in for the next little while to say, you know, I want a desperation for the presence of God. I want to cry out help to God and I know that he's just right there with me. Just because there is a presence of a storm, it does not mean that there's an absence of your God. I want to say that again. Just because there's a presence of a storm, it does not mean that there's an absence of your God. He has never left you. God never leaves an abandoned post, an abandoned project. He's he's right by your side. And he loves you. And he's for you. And he will never leave you. You notice that he didn't rebuke the disciples for coming to him. He only rebuked their faith. It's because God has a desire for you to come to him. Second lesson that we learn is the storm gives us a demonstration of his power. Without the problem of the storm, we wouldn't see a demonstration of his power in calming the storm. We see in verse 39, Jesus walks out and he says to the storm, Be still, and it's still. The wind and the sea and the waves obey the master. You see, the disciples up to this point had witnessed the power of God in many different ways already. They had already seen Jesus heal the sick. They had already seen Jesus forgive sins. And catch this, they had already witnessed Jesus raise somebody from the dead. How could, how could they think to themselves in this moment with Jesus on the boat? I don't know that he's got this one. Sure, raising somebody from the dead. I mean, that's pretty impressive. But like, I mean, this is a storm. That seems a little bit silly to us, right? Whenever we think about that. But let's think about it with our own life. How many miracles have we seen God work in our own life? How many of you have seen uh, people freed from addiction? Or maybe you yourself, your marriage has been restored. Or maybe you've found freedom in other areas of your life. For I mean, come on, we've all you've been forgiven of your sins. We've witnessed these miracles over life. Maybe God provided for you in a time where you desperately needed provision. But then in this moment, we think to ourselves, yeah, I don't know that, I don't know that he's got this one. I can tell you right now, after three almost three decades of walking with Jesus and following Jesus, can I tell you that he has never let me down? That he's always had my best interest in mind? That he has never left me? And that he has demonstrated his power in my life over and over and over again? And he will do the same for you.
I have no doubt. You can trust in the power of God. There's this song lyrics that I believe is really beautiful by Dr. James Cleveland. The song lyric says this, No water can swallow the ship. Where lies the master of ocean, earth, and skies? Talking about Jesus on the boat. And, and I want to let you know right now that no virus or no circumstance can swallow the body where stands the master of earth, sky, and the heavens. That if you have faith in Jesus Christ, that means you have a solid foundation. That means you have hope for eternity. We believe that if you have faith that the best is always yet to come. That what otherwise looks like obstacles to the rest of the world, we believe are opportunities to love, opportunities to serve, opportunities to lean in, to build community, not to isolate, but to lean in even harder to community, leaning in even harder to crews, leaning in even harder to generosity. That we believe truly that we have hope in Jesus no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. Why? Because God is in control and God has a plan for your life. We're not going to shrink. We're not going to shrink back in this season. Pinewood Church will not shrink back in this season. No, we're going to, we want to see the power of God demonstrated in our city. We want to see the power of God demonstrated in our country and around the world. And we're going to lean in and we're going to trust and believe. The third and final lesson that I want us to see is the storm gives us a dependence on his promises. It gives us a dependence on his promises. Think about the very beginning of the passage that we looked at, verses 35 and 36. Jesus says what? Look, we are going to the other side. They had had two choices to make here in the middle of the storm. Am I going to put my trust in God's word and what Jesus said or in the waves and in the wind. And I believe that we have the same choice to make. Are we going to stand on the promises of God? Or are we going to put our dependence on the problems and the circumstances around us? How differently would this story be if the disciples would have come to Jesus and woke him up and said, Jesus, I trust in your plan. What would you like for me to do in this situation? Jesus, there's a storm. What are you trying to teach us in this this storm? See, the idea of full dependence on his promises is this idea of relying on or leaning on or being controlled by something or someone. It's like I think about my kids. My kids depend on me for everything. A roof over their head, they depend on me to drive them around. They depend on me to feed them. And I was wondering, what if we have the same dependence on God like a child has for their mom and for their dad? Jesus never breaks promises. He's never broken a promise. And he's not going to start now. Scripture says, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You see, on the other side, I want to tell the story of how 
I depended on the promises of God and it carried me through. What's going to be your story on the other side? What if, what if Jesus was resting in his storm to demonstrate that you can rest in your storm? You see, I want to keep my eyes on Jesus. If he's not worried, I'm not worried. If he's not anxious, I'm not anxious. If he's not overwhelmed, I'm not overwhelmed. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus and I want to follow his example. I want to follow his lead. What's going to be your story? Are you going to be able to say on the other side that I have a deeper desperation for his presence? That during this season, I leaned into the word of God. I leaned into prayer. I cried out to God when I needed help and I felt his comfort. I felt his presence over my life. On the other side, are you going to be able to say that I experienced a demonstration of his power over my life? That I saw miracles happen in my family, miracles happen with my friends. I saw people healed. I saw people saved that I've been praying for for a long time. On the other side, are you going to say that I experienced a demonstration of his power? On the other side, are you going to be able to say that I have a deeper and a stronger dependence on his promises? that I trusted in his word and that I depended on his promises and I didn't trust in the problems. I pray that you can find rest. I pray that you feel the presence of Jesus on your life, that you witness his power. And I pray that you cling to his promises. You see, this story is really not about the storm. Although we did learn some lessons from the storm. The story is really about Jesus, and we see this demonstrated in the final question when it says, who then is he? Well, he is Jesus, the Son of God, who was sent down from heaven, who became fully man and fully God. He lived a perfect and a sinless life so that he could die and be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Scripture says that for the wages of sin, The penalty for our sin equals death. That as a humanity, we have turned against God's plan for our lives. We've turned our back on him and that we have sinned against him. Scripture says that that sin equals death. But through Jesus' life, his death, and hallelujah, his resurrection, he rose on the third day. We're celebrating that on Easter next Sunday. Through his life, through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can have life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. So we see God's grace is God's unconditional love, his unmerited favor over our life, and that the only way that we can receive that love is by faith, is by putting our trust in him and our dependence in him. And so I want to invite you right now. It's a gift. And if you want to receive the gift of grace, I want to invite you right now to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want to invite everybody that's watching to pray this prayer with me. I don't believe that the prayer, it's the prayer that saves you. It's only your faith alone in Jesus that saves you. But I believe that this prayer is a confession to God to say, God, I make you Lord of my life. And would you pray that prayer with me? Scripture says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, I acknowledge 
that I need you. I confess that I have sinned against you. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And right now, by faith, I say Jesus is Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. By your grace, I am saved. And by your power, I am set free. Jesus, I thank you so much for everybody that said yes to you today. God, this is the greatest decision of their lives. And I know we're celebrating with them. And I know the heavens are celebrating with them in this moment. God, I pray for everybody that is watching, everybody that is listening, God, that you would comfort their hearts right now in this very uncertain time, that you would bring peace, that you would bring comfort and confidence in the hope that we have in you, Father, because we truly believe that with you as our source, you as our foundation and our future, that the best is always yet to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.